The following is a pre-recorded program paid for by Slaughter Investing and does not reflect the opinions or advice of KRLD or Odyssey. The information provided is for educational and informational purposes only. The information is not intended to be a substitute for legal or financial advice that can be provided by your own attorney, accountant, and or financial advisor. While the expressions of these experiences are truthful and reliable, the usage is not a guarantee of results. Welcome to the Wealth and Rental Show, where we're going to give you the keys to unlock your real estate investing journey. Welcome to the Wealth and Rental Show, where each week we give you the keys to unlock your real estate investing journey. My name is Leah Slaughter, and I'm here with my husband and co-host, Michael Slaughter. We've been mentoring, educating, and speaking around the U.S. for almost 20 years about our love for real estate investing and our own personal journey. We are so excited to get to spend time with all of you today discussing our favorite topic, making wealth and rentals. Now, if you missed out on our last event, don't worry. We're hosting our next free educational event on why now is the time to buy rentals on May 6th from 5 to 8 at the Holiday Inn Express in Allen. For more information and to register, visit our website at www.wealthandrentals.com. To get started, let's talk for a minute about some local updates. There's some big property tax news right now. Michael, why don't you go ahead and tell us what's going on? So there's actually been a lot of big news coming out of Austin this week with House Bill 2. It's what our state legislature's been working on for some time now. Uh, It did pass through the Texas House and be moving on to the Texas Senate to be reviewed within the coming weeks. House Bill 2 is a property tax reform bill, which is huge news because we don't get a lot of those, and definitely property taxes are something that make people's ears perk up. So when we're talking about this one today, the way that it works is when every year the county reevaluates your property, they can increase your property tax appraisal, what they think it's worth, by up to 10% if it's a homesteaded property, which means a property that you live in and actually have a homestead filed on. This new bill will actually increase that number across what properties are eligible for it to any property that can house a residence. So that can be small multifamily, it can be single family, and they're going to take that rate from 10% and bring it down to 5 So that's huge news for investors because right now we get no property tax relief on investment properties for single-family homes. If this were to pass the Texas Senate and get signed by the governor, now they can also only increase ours by 5% per year. That's huge news, but it doesn't stop there. The way that they started working on this was to look at these school taxes across the state. There's something called the Robin Hood effect in Texas. And what that is, is when you have an area that has lower valued homes and maybe the schools need more money, they offset what the schools need by charging a higher rate in areas that are more affluent or have higher priced homes. They're now going to reduce the Robin Hood effect and take that out of the state's surplus budget every year. So that's going to reduce the MO taxes by nearly 28%. That's a huge reduction in property taxes across the board. And by the way, the way this has worked out, you'll have an average tax savings of over $500 by 2024 and $700 by 2025, the way this bill is written. These are huge uh, progressions in the fact that we're looking at property taxes across the board, regardless of whether this is a home you live in or whether one that you have as an investment. And I'm really excited because I know, you know, what we're all kind of anticipating is coming up is this massive property appreciation as soon as rates drop at all. And my hope is that this is going to be in place right before that happens, because all of us sitting on tons of real estate as investors, this is going to be a huge benefit. Now, you might be asking yourself, where did all this money come from for Texas to be able to afford to do that? A lot of people don't realize Texas has a massive surplus right now. It's actually bigger than 24 states' entire budget, including, like, for example, South Carolina. The surplus we're talking about is $32.7 billion dollars. 
Texas should have almost $189 billion in revenue for 2024 to 2025. That's a 26% increase over last budget cycle. And like we talked about last show, housing is a serious issue since about 70% of homeowners have mortgage rates at or under 4%. But rates have come down some since November at the peak. And so really interesting times going on right now. And that's a great segue into what we're going to be talking about today. I'm very excited to introduce our guest, Kathy Fetke. Kathy specializes in teaching people how to build multi-million dollar real estate portfolios through creative finance and planning. She's passionate about researching and then sharing the most important information about real estate, market cycles, and the economy. She's author of the number one bestseller, Retire Rich with Rentals. Kathy is a frequent guest expert on such media like CNN, CNBC, Fox News, NPR, and CBS Market Watch. She's the host of two Real Wealth podcasts, The Real Wealth Show and Real Estate News for Investors, and co-host of Bigger Pockets on the Market podcast. Kathy, thank you so much, not only for being my friend, but also for coming to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So you and I had an event last weekend. It went great. And a lot of what we focused on, a lot of what I asked you to talk about is what's happening in the current market and this looming recession that everyone is so afraid of. So where I really want to start is I want to pick your brain. Tell me what you think is going on right now. (laughs) This is a a correction of an overcorrection that happened after COVID. Um, Obviously, in 2020, those were interesting times. And in order to keep people housed and fed, there was a lot of stimulus created. Uh, overnight lending rates were dropped to zero, which means that banks could borrow money for nothing and lend it out for something. And, and that's why people were getting, you know, 3% rates or even less on homes. Well, when you drop a rate to 3% and your payment is so low, well, people can afford to buy and they can afford, uh, afford to buy more. So even if prices go up, the payment is is generally affordable until it's not. Uh, so the Fed really stimulated with uh, over $7 trillion created in that two-year period. That is the amount of money that was in circulation in entirety in 2007 uh, during, during the pandemic. So yes, was help needed for sure, uh, but there's such a thing as too much help. <laughs> and uh, once, uh, you know, obviously we saw massive inflation in housing to the to the point that some markets were going up 40 percent, totally un- unsustainable. Rents going up over 20 percent in mar- many markets. Finally, the, the Fed kind of woke up and said, oops, we might need to pull this back. And that's when they started raising the overnight lending rate, which went from zero to what we know now is getting close to five percent. Uh, so that's intended to make money more expensive and to get people to stop spending it. And that is what we're seeing. We're seeing the Fed actively and aggressively trying to slow things down to try to just get some of that money back out of the market by getting people to stop spending. And uh, so far, we're seeing it kind of work. Inflation has come down a bit, not yet where they want it to be, which, of course, is the 2%. Um, so that's just kind of the general overview of the Fed did too much, and now they're uh, you know trying to reverse all of that stimulus by taking money out of the system by making it more expensive because you're not going to go buy that house or that car if it if the payment's twice of what it, what it was just a few years ago, and when you don't buy stuff, well then the money's just not created because that's that's if you borrow money it's created right then. Um, so, you know, what does that mean for for us? Like, what do we do? Should we be afraid of a of a recession? 
Well, I don't know if fear really does anything <laughs> for you, but uh, preparation is important because we don't know uh, how much longer the Fed is going to be raising rates. I think they're going to slow it down based on the banking crisis that we saw recently and that we're still in. Uh, but they, you know, they said they're going to raise again in uh, in May, so it's not over yet. But how do you prepare? You know, I just interviewed at your event and at other events that I've been at. I've been at conferences all year asking people what they're doing to prepare for this recession that will either be big or small or not at all. And and everybody I've talked to has said, well, there's, this is what we're doing. We're increasing our uh, savings, you know, just increasing the amount of reserves you have uh, for a couple of reasons. In a downturn, you know, if you lose your job, well, you want to make sure you've got plenty of reserves there. Um, but also you have money then ready and available for opportunity because there usually is opportunity because prices are down in a recession. So people are saving money, they're cutting expenses, and they're they're doing things to increase income, whatever that may look up, look like, getting a side job, being more creative, doing things, buying assets. I mean, just on, on your tour last week, your property tour, what were there, 30 people that were <laughs> aggressively buying real estate? So, yeah, because of cash flows. Yeah, you know, when we look at historical numbers of real estate appreciation since 1942, we're up about 436%. So since 2000, we're up almost 120%. And just since 2010, we're up almost 75%. And that includes two down years left over from the major recession, the Great Recession that we had. Out of the last 81 years, we've only been down for six years. And I think one of the things that people forget is just because values have gone up doesn't mean they have to come down. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the housing shortage and what we think is going to happen in the market as we see interest rates start to ease. This is a pre-recorded program paid for by Slaughter Investing. Welcome back to the Wealth and Rentals Show, where I'm here discussing our current market trends, what's happening in the market, interest rates, and inflation with my friend and guest, Kathy Fetke. So I'm very concerned about our housing shortage right now. And I think what's happening right now is going to compound that when rates start to drop. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, just based on what you said earlier about housing, you know, usually during a recession, housing does well, but but not in every market. There are definitely markets where you don't want to be buying property today. Um, There is no national housing market. What we look for at Real Wealth are markets where there's job growth, where there's population growth, and where the average person person can still afford to live there, um, that, that the, the, the pricing hasn't gone so high that it's priced everybody out to rent or to buy. And 20 years ago, we discovered Texas. We discovered the, the Dallas area, my husband and I, when we were scouting good places to invest, because California certainly isn't one <laughs> where I live. <laughs> Uh, but what we saw was that jobs were leaving California and going to Texas because of the of the tax incentives and the affordability and just the, your government that that really encourages growth. So, you know, I'm cautious when people 
you know, think, oh my gosh, you can always make money in real estate no matter what, and they go buy the home next door without really understanding the fundamentals or the numbers. You can lose money on the house next door if you're in a market, you know, where they're either, you know, it's not desirable or they're just jobs are leaving or people are leaving. You know, we know that's happening in the San Francisco area, more people leaving than coming in. That is not happening in your area. It's the opposite. So coming back to what you said, you're worried about a housing shortage. This is the concern, not a housing crash, not prices going down. The concern in in North Texas is where are all these people going to live? And I apologize on behalf of California for sending you all of our people. (laughs) But, you know, where are they going to live? And and think about the people that are moving to Texas. If they're coming from California, and we know a lot of employers are moving and they're bringing their employees, what are they used to paying versus what they're going to pay over there? It's going to look cheap to them. So, you know, are they going to be able to afford the rent? Of course they are. It's going to be half what they're used to. So you've got all these people moving in who can afford to pay more and the housing is just not there for them. So the opportunity, you know, for anyone listening who's local, uh, you, you just don't even realize how lucky you are. Just just go travel to a more expensive area and and see what those people are, how they're suffering, un- unable to, you know, somebody right out of college having to pay $2,500 for a studio. You know, it's difficult very difficult to get your life started. Uh, But in in Texas, the opportunity to invest, and especially with someone like you got, you know, with a team like you have teaching people how to do it properly, you know, there's just tremendous opportunity and it is certainly not too late to get in. Well, I certainly appreciate that. You know, as someone who's born and raised here, when I read numbers like over 285,000 jobs created here last year, just in North Texas, or that for every five jobs that was created, we're only building one house. You know, I'm a mother of four. I've got three adult children and one who's little. And I think a lot about what we're leaving them, what's going to be created for them and how they're going to afford housing, how their friends are going to afford housing, heck, how their kids are going to afford housing. And it's really a problem. And I think, you know, we went into this year, this past year, with an 85,000 home shortage. And we were starting to make some headway. You know, we were getting more build permits. Builders were starting to pick up. The market was stabilized. And we really thought that we were going to start to at least not have so much of an increase of a shortage every year. But unfortunately, build permits are down significantly. They were down last year before rates cut now um, or before rates rose. And and now they're down even more. And so we're in a predicament. And it's it's difficult because as an investor, I'm super excited. And I do. I want to talk about what we're doing right now for our investing journey. But, you know, as a citizen, as a human being, it's scary to think where we're heading And I certainly think, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, are we going to be talking about how we're the new L.A.? You know, we're already slated to be larger than Chicago. We'll be the third largest metro in the United States in the next decade. And for someone who was born and raised here back when Dallas and Fort Worth were two completely separate areas, and now they've grown together, and here we are, it's really unbelievable what's happening right now. And I'm just a little worried people are going to get lost in the noise. And I know you're seeing a lot of that, too. It's hard because they do want to talk about on the news this nationwide housing market and this nationwide issue. But in reality, these are hyper local issues. And so I think there's kind of this misconception that it's all or nothing. You know, am I going to go buy in San Francisco? Am I going to go buy in New York? Absolutely not. 
But am I buying everything I can get my hands on right now in North Texas? I am. And so it's it's very much about doing what feels right to you and what works for your investment journey and your investment model. And you and I both believe in education. We both believe in free education. So tell me a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about Real Wealth and what you guys do at Real Wealth and how they can contact you. Yeah, at Real Wealth, we are constantly looking around the country for areas where there there is job growth population growth and therefore a need for housing. And uh, so we have identified about 15 markets where we think people like me from California can can invest and have the numbers make sense. Uh, right now, there's a, a it's very difficult for a, a young family to buy a home, but they still might like to live in a home and that means they'll have to rent uh, until they're in a position to be able to buy. So we can provide that opportunity for them, providing a more affordable housing. That's that's what we focus on, is housing where the average person can afford to live in that space. And we look for companies like yours that can that that want to provide quality housing. You do the renovations. You you make sure that uh, these these are these are nice homes, not like the apartments that just got foreclosed in in Houston where. <laughs> Uh, the owner was not taking, you know, was just leaving it, um, you know, in disarray. You, you're you providing really quality housing for families at an affordable price. So I'm 100% behind that. We have investors who want to help with this affordable housing issue and, um, and at the same time build up their retirement in something that is more tangible than, than stocks or crypto or any of these things that kind of would keep you up all night wondering, if you're rich or poor, when you wake up, you know, you just don't know. Whereas with a, a property, it's pretty predictable. You know, it's pretty predictable. It, uh, people pay their rent uh, every month. If they don't, well, especially in Texas, they, they don't get to live there. In California, they, they still get to live there if they don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in Texas, you know, they, if, if they don't pay, they'll, they'll, be, they'll have to leave and find something they can't afford. Um, so, we just have been doing this for 20 years because when I started, it was 2003 that my husband was had a freckle. He got checked. It turned out to be melanoma. Uh, the doctor misdiagnosed and told him he probably had three months to live. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom with two kids, and I thought, well, what am I going to do? I mean, besides the grief of possibly losing, losing my husband, I, I hadn't been working for years. So I just went on a mission to figure out how can I create passive income so that if my husband needs me, uh, I could be there and I could be home to raise my children and not be working from, from eight in the morning till six at night and, and have someone else raise them. I just thought I heard about this thing called passive income, but I didn't know anyone who had it. I didn't know how to get it, but I really made it my mission in 2003 to understand it. Kathy, I am just so glad we had you on. We've got to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to dive back into this and talk about everything that's going on in our market right now. For more information about what we do and what we offer, visit our website at www.wealthandrentals.com. This is a pre-recorded program paid for by Slaughter Investing. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Wealth and Rental Show, where each week we give you the keys to unlock your real estate investing journey. My name is Leah Slaughter, and I'm here with my husband and co-host Michael Slaughter and guest Kathy Fetke. Now, I want to say my husband is healthy today, and the melanoma was removed, and he has to get it removed. You know, it still comes back, but he gets it removed every year, but he's healthy today. But it was that scare that helped me to, to learn what I think most people want to learn, which is how do you have this this income coming in, whether you're working or not. Yeah, no, you're completely right. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, I also had a near-death experience when I was 22. And certainly surviving that and being healthy ever since has been a big push for me. And not only finding joy in every moment, which I know you, Kathy, it's very much important for you and your family, too. I, I see it on Facebook every day. And, you know, those of us that have been through a situation like that, I think we we look at life a little differently, I think. And we certainly charge forward and we build whether it's our business, whether it's our family, whether it's our charitable contributions, we go all in. And certainly, I think we, both you and I, have, have done that in our careers and in our families. So we, you mm-hmm. mentioned talking about unaffordable housing. And, you know, a lot of that relates back to what's happening with inflation right now. So, you know, just this month, this past month, more than half of my properties up for lease renewal saw rent increases over about $150 a month. Rents have been going up like crazy. Like, according to Zillow, Plano's had more than 11% rent growth in the last year. We're almost 3% just in the last month in most of the areas that we work. Uh, of course, one of the ways that we try to make sure we can get good rent growth as landlords is to have our leases up during prime season. But I don't really think this is a prime season issue. I think this is an inflation, a lack of inventory issue. And it, it's just getting worse, right? So one of the things I think that's on everyone's mind is what's going to come up in May when we look look at the next set of inflation numbers. We've we've talked a little bit about whether we think they're going to drop the target down and they've been pretty clear. No, we're we're shooting for 2%. What do you think we're going to see in May? Well, I follow Barry Habib. I know you do too, MBS Highway, and he's been studying this for years. Uh, he the, the way he sums things up is mortgage rates follow inflation and inflation is coming down. The Fed's efforts are working. Uh, but and the May he really believes that in May we're going to see lower inflation. So we shall see. You know he's got a lot of experience in history here, and and we'll see if he's right. Uh, but the way I see it, and what, how, the way he describes it, is a year ago last summer, inflation really peaked. I think at one point it was up to nine percent. Uh, it's come down since then. So uh, last summer, if you were comparing year over year inflation. Last summer, you were comparing it to a year where we didn't have very much inflation. I think it was around that 2 or 3% range. So it looked terrible. Well, this summer, we're going to be comparing inflation today with last year when it was really high. So completely opposite story. So I do believe this summer, it's going to look a lot better. And uh, that's going to give the Fed a reason to pause. And I believe the Fed will kind of either hold things around the 5% overnight lending rate for a while uh, or possibly lower them. But I I don't necessarily see them lowering rates, probably just holding. So the good news is I do believe inflation will look better this summer. That means the most likely mortgage rates will come down as well. Because, again, mortgage rates follow inflation and mainly the 10-year treasury. They, they kind of have a dance together. They do the same thing. Uh, so what do you think will happen? <laughs> I know you're the host, but I'm going to ask the question. 
What do you think will happen if rates come down this summer, given the lack of inventory out there? Oh, oh, the age old question. I think we're in really interesting times. And I think you and I have really been preparing for this, right? When inflation was at all time highs, you and I recognized that there was an opportunity there. And that's kind of where our rental fund was born from. And we'll save that. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. What I think is going to happen is the floodgates are going to open. I think that we have so many buyers who were priced out and, well, they're inflated out, right? The interest rates were too high. It's not that they they can't buy or that they don't have the credit to buy. And you pair that with the fact that we already had half of our population here in North Texas are renters. In addition to that, 25% of our population is under the age of 18. This is not just about the number of people moving here. This is about the number of people that are about to become of homeowner, home rental age or apartment rental age. We are entering a crisis. And whether we enter that crisis next month, if inflation comes down, whether we enter it in three months or 12 months, it's coming. You can't manipulate supply and demand. You can pause it. And that's what I've been calling this as a pause. But you can't stop it. What's coming is going to be a flood. You know, we saw values go up 30 percent in many areas in a year to 18 months. And we are not like San Francisco or L.A. or New York where it's not sustainable. We are the fourth largest, soon to be third largest metro in the United States, and our average price point is still under $400,000. Our most desirable area is under $600,000. What's the most desirable area in L.A. or San Francisco or New York or Chicago? We are undervalued. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't make guarantees. I know you can't either. But this is simple economic supply and demand. I can't even fathom where we're going to be because everyone who's kicking themselves right now that they didn't buy when rates were low, the moment we have easing going into, I think, what's going to be the most volatile election in our country's history, the minute that they get a reprieve and they can go buy, they're going to jump on it. And then going into that with a record housing shortage, I can't even imagine what we're going to be looking at. What I know is I have been using this period of time to guide my clients and my own personal journey to buy as many investments as we can. And that's because I recognize that I can refinance down a rate. I can pay cash. There's lots of ways to hedge against that inflammatory interest rate climate right now. But what I can't do is manufacture lower housing prices again. Yeah, that's right. A lot of people don't realize you can buy down rates right now. But even if you don't do that, you can potentially refi in you know three to six months when when we think that rates will be coming down. Of course, we don't know for sure, just based on what we're seeing, we think that will be true. But you're right. Uh, Last summer, I think it was last May, when rates were going up, we were at a conference together, actually a real wealth event, and we looked at each other and knew that with these higher rates, uh, there would be more people priced out and more people who would be kind of forced to rent until, until those rates come down. And we knew that there would be very little competition in terms of home buyers versus just a few months prior when it was multiple offers everywhere and prices going up. So we rushed to get a fund together. I'll, I'll leave that to you. But, um, you know, to be, the, to be the only buyer in a market means that, you know, you can negotiate. You have the power. You don't have to bid things up. You can ask for discounts for certain things that haven't been repaired, whereas just a year ago, it was like, hey, take it or leave it. This is what you get. (laughs) We're not fixing anything, right? Um, So we just knew it was going to be an opportunity. And some of the 
opportunities that you have found are really pretty mind blowing. I, I don't know that you would have found anything like it a year ago. Yeah, so funny you mentioned that. I I bought an incredible property yesterday for our fund. So I'll just take a second and tell you about it because I don't even think you and I have chatted in detail about this yet. So <laughs> I got this property for $90,000 and it's a four bedroom, one bath currently, and it's got plenty of space. We're going to make it a four two. The rehab is about 50000 So we're all in at one forty. And conservatively, conservatively, I'm anticipating the value of this property to be somewhere between 230, 240, and that's extremely conservative. And the rent rate on it, like 15 to 1600 dollars, and we're all in for. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable the opportunities that are out there right now. And it's not that these homes aren't worth it. It's a double problem, right? Because most people don't have this inventory access that I do. I've been doing this a long time. Uh, for those of you listening that don't know, I have a 40 million dollar real estate portfolio. This is not my first time uh, building something like this. I've been doing it for myself for a long time. But it's also about having the teams to be able to do this. There's a lot of fear right now with the price of goods, the price of contractors, just being able to find good people to do work. I mean, there's a huge worker shortage, right? We have more jobs than people to fill them. And then on top of that, you know, most people that were buying these renovation properties, they were using what's called hard money. And if you don't know, hard money is super expensive before interest rates went up. And so uh, aside from the fact that a lot of banks are not offering that type of uh, leveraging and financing right now, it is just something that a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines or they're not able to do, or maybe they don't qualify right now because the lending thresholds have gotten a little more tricky on those types of transactions. And so we've been able to swoop in and just buy some incredible properties for our fund. But I'm super excited about this one that we just picked up, and I think it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, I have a lot of tactics that I use for these properties, because especially when things were just starting to increase, I had all these wholesalers that I worked with, and they would call me and ask me to buy this property, and I'd lowball them, and they'd tell me, no, no, we're going to have a buyer, we're going to have a buyer. And then slowly those buyers started disappearing, so then they started coming to me first. And now I think I'm one of the only people out there buying some of these. But I started this thing. If they didn't take my offer originally, I started dropping my offer price. So if they made me wait a day, I went down a thousand. If they made me wait, made a week, I'd go down five to seven thousand. And it's unbelievable to me. We went from paying full price or above on these wholesale properties and bidding on them to where we locked a couple of weeks ago. We just locked down two more for the fund. We bought the houses for sixty-five thousand dollars. And we're rehabbing them for 50000 And we're all in on these renovated, like new homes, under 120000 We're going to take a quick break. But again, I want to remind you, we're hosting our next free educational event on why now is the time to buy rentals. That's on May 6th from 5 to 8 p.m. at the Holiday Inn Express in Allen, Texas. For more information and to register, visit our website at www.wealthandrentals.com. This is a pre-recorded program paid for by Slaughter Investing. Welcome back to the Wealth and Rentals Show, where each week we give you the keys to unlock your real estate investing journey. My name is Leah Slaughter. I'm here with my husband and co-host, Michael Slaughter, and our special guest today, Kathy Fetke, who is a wealth of knowledge on the real estate investing and real estate markets. You know, I think one of the things we should talk about, Kathy, is where we're buying, because we're not buying in the heart of the city. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been an investor in Dallas since 2005 when I first discovered the, the growth that was happening in the area. And we, we started in, in Rockwall, Texas, where we were buying homes there brand new for 120000 then moved out to Wiley, where that seemed like it was really in the boonies. There was nothing but, uh, you know, hay fields, you know, <laughs> to get out there. And, of course, that's all been built out. So, you know, what I've learned about Dallas is that it's spreading out and it's growing. And when employers move to Dallas for the tax incentives and the affordability and the, the workers and everything that Dallas offers, the fact that you keep your lights on uh, when most of the country didn't, uh, you know, and, and, and employers decided I'd like to stay in business. So I think I'll move to Texas. Uh, they're not going to move to downtown. They're not going to move to the most expensive part of the metro area. They're they're going to move to where it's affordable. And that just keeps moving outside because the city just keeps growing. So the outskirts <laughs> keep getting further out to almost Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, when when every time I go out there and you show me where we're buying and I say this is in the boonies, I come back a year later and it's not the boonies anymore. It's a city. And I'm sitting in a restaurant. And I'm, I'm like, this was Hayfields a year ago, <laughs> you know, like what's <laughs> happening here. So it just, it just keeps expanding. I don't see a slowdown. I thought there would be by now. It's been 20 years. Uh, but, you know, with all the, the chip manufacturing coming into North Texas, if you just take a drive up 75, I believe it is, um, all you're going to see is expansion and cranes and growth. That is not going away. Companies don't come and build huge headquarters and then decide they're going to leave. You know, that's not how it works. These businesses are coming and they're staying, they're putting their roots in. And, um, and yet you're finding deals under, under 150,000, the same price as I was paying 20 years ago. I mean, that's incredible. It really that's is. Incredible. I just, every time I see one of these come across my desk, I kind of like pinch myself, right? It's like, how is this happening? But, you know, we recognize that, again, we're in a pause and you and I knew we wanted to take advantage of that. And so we've been really focusing heavy on Grayson County. And I think a lot of our listeners may not know what's going up there right now. And it's really quite incredible. We're calling it Texas's new Silicon Valley, whether you call it Silicon Alley, Silicon Prairie. Essentially, we're going to be the new semiconductor manufacturing capital of the world. Sherman, a city of 45,000, has landed two multi-billion dollar projects in the course of the last year. You've got Global Wafers doing a project that, I mean, it's astronomical what's going in right now. And thank goodness for the Texas Enterprise Fund and local incentives of what they're offering. But Globotech is a $5 billion investment, 1,500 jobs, and that's just to get started. So that's the first wafer plant of its kind in 20 years. And then, of course, the single largest economic deal in Texas history with the Enterprise Fund, the new TI Semiconductor Texas Instrument Semiconductor Wafer Plant in Sherman is a $30 billion investment. And the vast majority of what you and I have been focusing on, not only with our fund, but also our new construction model, helping clients that want to own their own properties and buy into these high growth areas affordably, is in this corridor, which just has astronomical growth and potential right now. When you've got an area with 10,000 jobs adding in a city of 45,000, those are the types of numbers we want to look at. And I mean, that's not all that's up there, right? You've got Tyson, you've got tons of other employers, you've got Finisar, IIVI now, uh, Apple 
Apple gave them $390 million in 2017 and went up to $410 million. And now they just proposed a new $3 billion, 4,000-person expansion for its facility in Sherman. And, I mean, it's not just us seeing what's happening, right? Texas is incentivizing it. You have the National CHIPS Act that happened that passed through the Senate. Well, now you've got Texas doing their own CHIPS Act because we want to get semiconductor manufacturing home. We all saw in COVID we didn't have access to the things we want, and that doesn't take long for Americans to want that instant gratification again. And so Sherman and Grayson County as a whole has really been at the cusp of this. And so, um, you know, one of the things I'm excited about is you mentioned we just had the bus tour, but we had such a great time and we've continued to fill these buses that you and I just added another one that we're going to do on May 6th. And we're going to visit both Grayson and Collin County so we can cover all of these areas up Central Expressway and look at some of these areas that we're investing in, not only for our fund, but for the new construction properties, too. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So you know what you you asked earlier what Real Wealth does. We we help investors. We help people become investors and kind of walk them through the, through the process of buying their first investment property and their second, their third, and all the, the everything that goes into that: getting the loan, uh, getting the right insurance, getting uh, the you know the right tenant in there. All the all the steps that seem so scary before you've done it. Um, you know, you and I both teach that. Uh, but there's some people who are just, quite frankly, too busy for even that. They are certainly too busy to go buy a house they need to renovate, renovate without any education or knowledge. I mean, it's it's a lot of work to do that properly. Um, and and they, they maybe don't even have enough time to buy something already renovated because they still have to get the loan and the insurance and, you know, talk to the property manager. It's, it's pretty passive, but not 100% passive. So that's why we created the fund. To do something totally passive, all you have to do is invest. You know, it's a 506C, which is uh, it's it's uh, filed under security, the Securities Exchange Commission, and people can invest. You know, uh, without having to do anything, we do all of that. I should say, you do all of that. <laughs> You're going to find the property, renovate it, manage it. You've been managing for our members at Real Wealth for over 10 years, and it's been nothing but rave reviews. So I have full confidence and trust in, in your company and what you're doing and helping our investors have a completely passive passive investment. Because again, you know, some people are certainly in our membership, they're maybe Silicon Valley engineers working 60 to 80 hours, you know, a, a week. How are they going to go and try to get investments? You know, it's, it takes time. And if you don't do it right, you can lose all your money. So I'm I'm excited. I, I love that you're able to help people build their own portfolio portfolios, but also uh, to be able to just completely invest passively through the fund. Yeah, me too. And and I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we wanted to do, right? We wanted to bring something to the market that we felt was missing. So many people go into syndications and group investments on apartments, but you and I have the same opinion on that. And I think that everything that we've been warning about is now coming to life in the apartment world. And, you know, you briefly mentioned the foreclosure of the four properties in Houston for $229 million. We talked about that last show, for those of you that didn't hear that. But that's just the tip of the iceberg of what's coming. We stick to what has resiliency, what has a need and what is the most consistent. And at the end of the day, if COVID taught us anything, 
people like their space. They don't like dishousing. And so it's just a different type of model to be able to put a fund together for single family and tiny multifamily properties. And so uh, just very excited at that opportunity. The fund is still open. You can visit our website, www.wealthandrentals.com for more information, or of course, reach out to us anytime. Now, One thing that I do want to talk about before we end today is our event that's upcoming in May. So we're going to have our bus tour on May 6th, and that's going to be from 10 to 5. And then from 5 to 8, Kathy, you and I are going to host an event talking about the market, talking about what we're seeing, talking about investment opportunities here in our market and how we all can hedge against inflation and what's happening right now. Uh, That event is free. We'd love to see you there. That's in Allen at the Holiday Inn Express. And again, that's May 6th from 5. 5 to 8 p.m. Before we end the show, Kathy, I want you to tell me one thing that you want our listeners to take away from what's happening right now. If you could have them just take one thing away from the show, what would that be? Uh, well, my background is in broadcasting, and I know what it takes to get people to listen to your news station. It's called fear. Uh, no one's going to listen to you, especially today with so many competing stations. You know, it used to be when I was in the news business, there were three. Now, I don't even know if you could count how many ways there are to get news today. So the headlines are meant to scare you, to get you to listen so that they can sell advertising to you. It's that simple. The news is a business and don't think anything other than that. It's not there just to give you news. Okay. Nobody's working for free. It's a business and they want to sell you advertising. So, Don't, you know, the one tip I would say is please just don't listen to it. If you want to learn how to build wealth, talk to people who have wealth. You know, that that's, if if you want to learn how to ski, go to a ski instructor. Don't read the headline about somebody who broke their leg. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's the same with wealth. Don't just don't listen to the headlines because they are meant to scare you and not necessarily help you. I love it. Thank you so much again for joining us, Kathy, and I'm sure we'll have you back soon. Just a reminder, if you missed out on our last event, don't worry. We're hosting our next free educational event and bus tour on why now is the time to buy rentals. That's May 6th, all day at the Holiday Inn Express in Allen, and our dinner event from 5 to 8 p.m. For more information and to register, visit our website at www.wealthandrentals.com. The preceding program was paid for by Slaughter Investing and does not reflect the opinions or advice of KRLD or Odyssey.